0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 828.
1: As long as you believe in it, you may not know the path now, but you'll find it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah.
0: Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Sean Day. Hey, Sean, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. Let's get out on track. There we go. And here's a guy who does get out on track. Sean Day is the owner of Stinger Motorsport, a Michigan-based professional race team, and he works as the assistant marketing manager at Ford for their global, small, medium, and sports car marketing division. He's a second-generation Ford Motor Company employee and played a major part in the development of the latest Shelby GT350 and the GT350R. Very cool. Stinger was forged from Sean's love for motorsports and is composed of high-performance automotive professionals with a passion for speed. Their proven racing successes set them apart as they focus on OEM, High Performance Vehicle Development. Stinger competes in Nassau, Time Trials, Road Racing, NMCA, True Street Drag Racing, Score, Sportsman, Unlimited Truck, and Rock Crawling. You guys are having some fun. Sean is also an industry mentor to the McGill University FSAE Formula SAE team. Wow. Well, Sean, I have told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share just a little bit more about your career, your business, your racing, and, of course, an obvious his passion for automobiles
1: absolutely well i gotta tell you what being born and raised in metro detroit you know it definitely is the motor city (laughs) yeah you know it was one of those things that in detroit you either are part of the auto industry or you know everyone you know is either part of the auto industry and so for me i was destined to be a car guy from uh from minute one you know my father uh when i was a young kid led ford motorsports north american racing operations so i yeah, I pretty much grew up at the racetrack, and uh, I've got pictures of before I can remember sitting on uh, Mario Andretti's knee on the grid at the Detroit Grand Prix. and Oh, my gosh. At, yeah, down at Bigfoot in uh, St. Louis and with Bob Glidden from the NHRA. And so I was uh, exposed to some really iconic people who did some really amazing things in, in, in their respective fields, and it just had a huge lasting impact on me. And uh, cars were All I ever thought about or all I ever did anything with, I mean, I would write stories about them in elementary school. I'd come home and play with Matchbox cars, (laughs) you know, whatever. It was always cars all the time. Three decades plus later nothing's changed, <laughs> you know?
0: You're still a big kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Just got bigger toys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, obviously, you've had a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. I mean, growing up in a family like that, being able to be around the racing, the tracks, the people, huge inspiration on your life, obviously. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning or smoking in your, your part of the world. So Sean, take the wheel.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you what, I found this quote years ago. And uh, it was funny, it was before the movie The Wolf of Wall Street came out. And I I didn't know who Jordan Belfort really was. And I was so disappointed to find out that he was kind of a fraudulent guy because he said something that I thought was just absolutely brilliant. And it's stuck with me to this day. And it says and his quote was The only thing standing between you and your dream is the BS story that you keep telling yourself. Mm, yes. Because, yes. you know, it's it's if you believe you can do it, you can. If yeah. you believe you can't do it, you're right. You know?
0: There's that old saying, in fact, I think it might have been Henry Ford that said that whether you think you can't or you think you can't, you're right.
1: Exactly. It's yeah. just a matter of how bad you want it.
0: Well, let's forget that, uh, that crummy guy on Wall Street. We'll put him aside <laughs> because I guess this quote works for the good guys and the bad guys. But we'll just say that we're only using it with the good guys these days. But yeah, we're only limited by how we think and how we perceive ourselves. And a lot of times people get into a career and they have this kind of a syndrome that uh, makes them think, I'm not good enough, right? I shouldn't be here. I, I'm not worthy. So, how have you incorporated that concept into what you've built in your career and in, in the racing team you're involved in?
1: Yeah. You know, it's despite coming from a a Ford family and, you know, my dad had a prestigious title at the company. Lots of people would think that I I had all this, you know, this wonderful success we're enjoying now handed to me on a silver platter, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. And, you know, there were times when I didn't know how things were going to work out. I didn't know how I was going to get to where I needed to be. I, I didn't know what tomorrow would bring. And I always thought to myself, you know, as long as you believe in it, it, you may not know the path now, but you'll find it. And, uh, you know, that happened with Ford and I, I didn't have a way in. I didn't, it was the 2008 when I finally graduated from college. And, uh, you know, I I had no path in and I didn't know how to make myself stand out. I was working in a dead end job. I just had to keep the course and have faith that hard work and determination would eventually open up a door. And, uh, How I actually got to the company was the craziest story ever. Ford ended up writing a news article about it to the internal employees. I bought my current race car as a street car, you know, Uh brand new. Oh, yeah. And I was uh, working outside the company at the time. And through a random set of events on an Internet forum board, the Mustang marketing manager found out who I was, invited us to a plant tour. And they had my car hand delivered to me by the chief engineer of the car. Oh, wow. And it was just them totally doing something random for I mean, doing something for a random person, Mm -hmm. you know, a random enthusiast. It had nothing to do with my they didn't know my family background. Oh, wow. They were just going further for a hardcore Mustang enthusiast. Yeah. And uh, through that, I developed the context that ended up with my hiring into Ford SVT. Oh, my Uh, gosh. a, A couple of years, a couple of years later. That's incredible.
0: I, you know, sometimes there's a, maybe a divine intervention or just something happens and you just kind of go down this path, but it's all these pieces that kind of come together, if you will. And the great thing about it is when this came, when this opportunity came up, you were prepared. Absolutely. That's a key part of it too. I always say there is no luck. It's just where your preparation and opportunity kind of come together on the same roadway and you just jump on the right course and yep. ride that ride. So very cool. I love that story. Really nice. Thanks for sharing that. Well, let's talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Sound like when you were born, it was already in you. You've got uh, that Ford DNA or those uh, that motor oil flowing through your veins. Tell us a pivotal moment when you were a little kid when you realized, you know, like dad, I'm a car guy.
1: I know exactly where it happened. It was in the Pontiac Silverdome, the now defunct Pontiac Silverdome. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to ride with, uh, Jim Kramer and do drive do the steering wheel for Bigfoot number 3 during the national anthem before the uh before the event began and oh I remember yeah and I and I remember feeling the pulse of the exhaust and it had a, you know huge lopy camshaft in yeah, it yeah. and I just remember at like 5 or 6 years old or whatever thinking oh my god this is my world <laughs> and you know and it was just you know there's all these people in the stands and you're in this vehicle and it's shaking and it's loud and I'm just like this is the coolest thing in the whole wide world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what fun. Wow. That would make an impression. That's for it sure. Did. That's for it sure. Did. Well, Sean, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you've faced along the way. Kind of walk us through that painful point in time. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation? And what did it teach you?
1: Sure. I can tell you that Academia was never really my thing. I struggled mightily through college. Uh, I actually failed out twice, and it was a huge struggle for me. And uh, I failed out and tried to get back up on the horse and failed Mm -hmm. out again and then started working some some jobs that I wasn't fond of. And I finally one day just had what I call a meeting with a phone booth with myself. And, (laughs) you know, and I said, you know, you've always known what you wanted to do. Because since I was like five years old, I've always wanted to work for Ford. I never wanted to be a cowboy or a you know, a policeman or a fireman or president of the United States. I always wanted to work for Ford. And I'm like, well, if you don't go back and get this degree, it's never going to happen. And and it was one of those, just stop having excuses and just sign up. And so I quit my job, started school a week later and uh, ended up, forcing my way through my bachelor's, getting a good uh, GPA once I went back. And then I ended up uh, going back and getting my master's degree.
0: Wow. Well, there you go. Well, I appreciate you taking us through a really painful time, a really personal time, but let our listeners know out there that might be struggling with this kind of thing, because academia isn't for everybody. It, it's a tough thing for some people. It's really hard to get through, and other people, they seem to just breeze through it. So... Tell our listeners out there, how did you dig deep? What did you pull up from within aside from realizing I can't get to where I want to be without doing this? But what was that big shove that you gave yourself to help you get through that? And then go on and get your masters. Kudos to you.
1: Thank you. You know, it's it, it was one of those I had confidence that once I got to the role that I knew I was destined for, I could succeed. And mm. I believed and I believed in that. I didn't necessarily believe in my ability to get through school. I believed in once I had the degree on the wall, I knew I could deliver at my job. And I knew that school had to be a check mark that had to be done. Now, I'm not saying I didn't learn anything. I learned tons in school. But, you know, I had to check that box or I would never achieve my dream. So I focused on the end goal and... You know, use that as kind of like a uh on on like the old Roman scales to balance against the pain of doing school at the <laughs> time, you know yeah, yeah right and uh and the dream always outweighed the pain, so I always joked that uh they should call me the kool aid man because I was just gonna push through and burst through the wall with just oh sh- yeah, yeah, I remember with just those sheer, commercials, <laughs> yeah, but just sheer raw effort because yeah. if I didn't have the you know the acumen, I would outwork everyone.
0: Well, you know, what comes to mind is there's a saying called eat that frog. And it's, uh, it's on a much more limited basis, but it's the idea that if you have a bunch of things to do today to get to your end goal, eat the frog, do the hardest stuff first and just get it out of the way because you know you have to do that to get to the end of the day. And in your case, it sounded like getting those degrees were eating those frogs. Just powering through, getting it done. And then finally, you were where you wanted to be. So congratulations for eating that frog. Very nice. Very nice. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love to hear about one of your career aha moments. Tell us uh, the steps you took to turn that moment into a success.
1: Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to hire into Ford Motor Company at uh, SVT, which is which stood for Special Vehicle Team, which is the high performance division of Ford Motor Company. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it's now called Ford Performance, and I started on the Shelby team, and I was program management for. Uh, I started off on the 2013 GT500, which was the 202 mile an hour, 662 horsepower monster. Yes and then but uh, the day that I started I also started at that point because you're always working on what's next I started on the GT350 and 350R and the aha moment came when we went to the press launch time we were taking the car around to show journalists and enthusiasts at different events around the country and the marketing folk kept asking for myself to come to these events because I knew all the nuts and bolts of the car cuz I was in you know in the development process and I could socialize well with the enthusiasts. And I started to notice that the same group of Ford individuals were at all these same events. And we were all also racers uh, in our private life. And I thought to myself, you know, there's an opportunity here. We have a skill set that's very unique. We have OEM vehicle development. We have formal media training through Ford and such. You know, and I was racing on my own nickel at the time. And once you start, you can't stop. It's a, it's an addiction that <laughs> yes. rivals any illicit drug. Yeah. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, here's an opportunity that we could create a marketing services company, which is what evolved into Stinger Motorsport. Because You know, sponsorship is an interesting thing. You can't just approach a company and be like, you have deep pockets, give me money. Mm. That's not how it works. Right. If there's not a return on investment for that company, they're not going to give you even a second glance. So we got an invitation to run in uh, Robbie Gordon's Stadium Super Truck Series. Yes. And we tried to develop a program around that and we couldn't make a financially viable program. So we looked at the Mustangs that we were already racing and the fact that we were in OEM development for Mustang and we thought... You know, we have an opportunity to reach out to the enthusiast populist base of Mustang, which is a a huge community, and offer our on-site expertise and interaction with these enthusiast base. And... Bring that to the aftermarket. You know, a lot of these companies don't come bearing their own uh, marketing resources. You know, they may have an internal department, but they don't have enough people to be out in the field. So we thought, okay, we could be a third party vendor for this. And in doing that, we can create media assets at the track, you know, while racing right. and also interfacing with the enthusiasts, you know, answering their questions, talking Mustang, you know, whatever that, whatever they're looking for. And in doing that, the racing becomes a necessary evil because you have to have credible trophies on the shelf. You have to have a reason that they should listen to you that's irrefutable. Like we went out and won a national championship, you know, or something like that. Right. And so the racing became an integral part of our program, but we do a lot of uh, static events and other things. And I remember standing at Laguna Seca we were given hot lap rides in the GT350Rs, and I just remember seeing everybody lined up, and I'm like, there's a huge opportunity for us here. We can do this and have it help us as well, and that was that was definitely my aha moment.
0: Wow, very cool, very innovative, very uh, insightful, too, for the future. So that was a very cool story. That's a great story of how to wrap your passion into career and into a whole lot of fun, too. Well, how about a proudest career or business moment? I would assume you've had a lot of those, but is there one that really stands out?
1: You know, there's two and I have to I had I had to do two. I was struggling with this one. One's a Ford moment and one's a Stinger moment. The Stinger moment's easy. It was the very first time that we hit the track in anger in competition, Mm -hmm. you know, to go and start the business, find five wonderful partners and become funded. And we did all that in about 90 days.
0: Holy cow. That's incredible.
1: We formed an LLC. We went down to the PRI show, the Performance Race Industry uh-huh. Show in yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah. Met some awesome people down there, which ended up forging some relationships that turned into some great partnerships now. Then creating our entire traveling display and it was the most hectic 90 days of my life but when we hit the track and we ended up winning both saturday and sunday it was just a feeling like i couldn't describe no kidding (laughs) yeah it was awesome the other one was uh the detroit auto show in 2015 that was the uh the auto show where ford kind of really stole the show by introducing the ford gt the Mm. raptor and the gt 350r yeah well One of my duties at Ford SVT was I was charged with building the GT350R and the Raptor uh, show cars. Mm -hmm. And so we worked with a couple of vendors and I had to find out what parts were needed, get those parts sourced with the, you know, coordinate with the suppliers, get them over to the build. The hard part is, is when you're building one of those show cars, you're building something that doesn't exist. So you don't, We know what it's supposed to look like in concept, but no one's ever built it. And so having to coordinate with the studio and then make or fake parts, and it was a huge process that took months. And it was a lot of late nights, a lot of 70, 80 hour weeks. And when those cars rolled out on the stage and people just erupted. And then when you talk to people on the show floor, I was the closest thing. I don't have any kids, but that was the closest I'd ever been to a proud papa.
0: <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. The incredible amount of work that goes into these show cars is, is mind bending. And so many of the regular folks watching TV are kind of have been, um, lulled into this idea of these car build shows where oh you can just build a car in a week no big deal you know oh, that yeah. looks easy no not even close no, definitely no. not well let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car that car you got that you always wanted to have maybe it was one of your race cars maybe a street car i don't know but tell us about it and maybe share a special memory you have about
1: that vehicle Oh, I know exactly the car. It was my very first car. It was a 1977 Ford Thunderbird. And uh, my mom had bought the car brand new. And then uh, she put it, we put it away in 1986 when she got a AmeriCorps XR4 Ti. And that car sat in a barn for 12 years. And then uh, when I turned like 15 and a half or so, my father, unfortunately, had, had a stroke and had retired from Ford at this time. So it was supposed to be a father-son project, but he wasn't able to help me. So mm-hmm. it, they looked at me and said, if you can get it running, It's yours. (laughs) And so we dragged it out of this barn and drove it home. And I had all the service manuals. And, you know, this is really before the Internet was that big of a resource. I learned practically everything I know about cars on that thing and got it up and running. And it was my my high school car. And I, I loved it to death. That car has a hood that goes forever. Oh, you could <laughs> you could land aircraft on that thing. Yeah, I think so.
0: It's huge. I always thought, man, that's a lot of car to wax and polish. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you wish you had back?
1: Oh, absolutely. So I, I have a thing for T-Bird. I don't know what it is about the car. Uh, only certain generations. But I had the last year, which was a 1997. And I had two of them. I built them up to be uh, autocross cars, as I started liking Turning Corners. And I had one of them, unfortunately, got wrecked. And the second one I ended up I ended up selling and I I regret it to this day. Mm. I was uh, working at a Ford dealer at the time because I spent like 10 years in dealerships. I started at 16 sweeping floors and then moved up from there. And it was on the used car lot and took it home, fell in love with it. Then when I got to Ford SVT, you know, I just started needing something a little more reliable as a daily driver was going to have to put a bunch of money into it. And I still to this day don't know how I got to the uh, to the decision to get rid of the car, but it was definitely the wrong move.
0: Well, sorry to bring that up, but uh, past (laughs) 827 guests have all had those stories, including me. So you're in a good crowd here at Cars. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well,
0: let's talk about a project that you're working on right now that has you really excited and fired up
1: yeah so with Stinger Motorsport, you know one of the things that we do is on site enthusiast events, and you know when you look at marketing and you look at marketing budgets and people that that handle actual marketing because marketing is not advertising it's something different being able to quantify what happens at an enthusiast event is a is a really big deal and a lot of the metrics that track these events are subjective that you know you track attendance by a guy clicking a, a counter in his pocket for how many people that he sees and you know you estimate how many impressions you get as somebody looks at your booth for a second or two well I never really thought that that was, good enough. And so my younger brother works in the uh, IT field. Mm -hmm. And he and I looked at what airports and shopping malls had done to kind of reinvent themselves. And they'd use technology in the form of cameras, laser scanning, and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth fidelity tracking. And we have created a company called Stinger Technologies. And what it does is event, event analytics. So we have cameras and sensors that are passive and they can tell how many people come in and out of the display what they looked at in our display, how long they dwelled or looked at it, how long they interfaced with one of the product specialists. It even has uh, facial recognition, so you can do emotions tracking. Wow! And so far, no one has put all of these technologies together. They have either done the radar and – I'm sorry, the laser and the camera systems mm-hmm. or the uh, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth tracking separate, and definitely no one's doing it in the automotive sphere. So we've put together a technology suite that can be installed on you know any booth so think of uh, like SEMA. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's a that's the next step for Stinger for us is to roll out this Stinger technology suite of analytics tracking so that you can put some hard numbers and justify your investment into these shows or enthusiast events to know that you're making an impact on your audience. Right.
0: Wow. Very, very cool. I mean, there is a very interesting twist away from the industry that you're in. You think about racing and cars, and I'm sure some listeners out there are going well, wait, what does this have to do with cars and racing? But I love the concept and the idea of quantifying these events you go to because so many times companies go and they go, oh, it's a great event. And the boss goes, how do you know? Oh, I just felt really good the whole time. A lot of people talk to me.
1: It all stemmed from cars, though, because we thought, how can we justify Stinger Motorsport? How can we offer something to the Stinger Motorsport client Mm. who – uh, you don't get with another team or yeah. with another automotive entity. And it's a way to make sure that we can stay on track.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. I, yeah really really uh, congratulate you on coming up with this whole concept. Very, very cool. Well, I see nothing but success in the future for you guys. A lot of checkered flags waving here. Thank well, here's you. a very introspective question for you, Sean. If Sean was a car, what kind of car would Sean be and why?
1: This was an easy one for me, and it's, and I hate to be a cliche here, but I would definitely be a Mustang. And, uh, the reason for that is, you know, a Mustang is surprisingly capable for what it is, but it doesn't look like it's, you know, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari that's going to go take over the world, but it's, it's got, dependability built in. It's got performance built in. It's still got a little bit of style and a little bit of flash. So uh, I think that I would definitely be a Mustang.
0: (laughs) I kind of thought you'd say that. You never know, but uh, I think it's a good fit for you. I think you've kind of been a Mustang your whole life. So (laughs) very nice. Well, Sean, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. Okay, Sean, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Mustang throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: When I started at Ford Motor Company, they told me to forget what you think you know and uh, and open your mind. And, you know, I was a huge automotive enthusiast, and I thought I really knew the industry. And then once I started in Ford and figured out what it took to deliver a vehicle, I realized that I didn't know anything. And ever <laughs> since, I've just kept my ears wide open, and I'm just a, try and be as much of a sponge as possible.
0: There you go. Great way to start a career with Ford. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years?
1: Yeah, for me, it's I truly live uh, an automotive centric life. You know, I completely engross myself in my passion. And if cars aren't your passion or, you know, insert X, whatever you're passionate in. But I mean, every minute of every day, I'm either doing something with cars or thinking about cars or or, or around people who care about cars. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really am that dedicated to what I do. And by keeping that aura or environment around me it, i find it keeps you focused it keeps you up to date in its current and it allows you a competitive advantage
0: and it really helps if you love cars too oh yeah so there's the secret sauce to life figure out what x is and surround yourself and your life and your career in that and you will be happy every day do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you find particularly interesting and enjoyable
1: it's as much a, a bit of advice that is as a resource. It's I always tell people, don't be afraid to ask successful people for their knowledge. Mm. So whoever that may be in your arena, uh, I found that good people like to be around good people and passionate people like to have, work with passionate people. Go up and ask somebody and you think, you know. oh, I can't talk to him. He's way out of my league. Just ask them for help. And if you're genuine in your quest for knowledge, you'll find that You know, pretty much anybody will sit down and talk with you.
0: Yeah. Well, you just figured out the secret to Cars Yeah. I do that every day. (laughs) (laughs) I just ask really smart people about their businesses and their lives, and I learn all sorts of cool stuff. So uh, very nice. I like that. Well, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that person be?
1: It's actually a previous Cars Yeah interviewee. Oh, no kidding. Yes, Jonathan Ward of Icon.
0: Oh my gosh. I you know, I just talked to him last week. I think I could set that up for you. He's an awesome guy.
1: Yeah, that I I would love that by the way. Jonathan, he knows what he needs to do. He knows what his calling is. He knows what he's best at, and he refuses to compromise, and he has made a business model out of that, and he just he's so laser focused, and I just really respect his uh his unwavering determination to do it his way.
0: Yeah, you know, he was, I think he was my seventh guest, and I met him years and years ago, and I just was so impressed by him, and he was one of the early people I called when I was starting Cars Yeah to try to find some really excellent people and inspirational people to have in the show, and he was so kind. And Would you share a book that you believe uh, our listeners would really enjoy cracking open and reading?
1: Absolutely. Another Cars. Yeah. Interviewee. Go Like Hell. Uh, ah. Ford Ferrari and their battle for Lamont by AJ Bain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was great to get AJ on the show. Um, you know, his book was the second most recommended book, uh, here on Cars. Yeah. The first was The Art of Racing in the Rain by Gar Stein, who's also been yep. a guest on the show. But, uh, AJ was a great interview because he's, He's a car guy, but, you know, not super diehard like you and me, perhaps, but really great to have him on the show. So uh we'll make sure we put that book on the guest recommended books list. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Sean has been so kind to share on his show notes page at the Cars Yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Sean, S H A. U-N, the last name is Day, into the search bar and you'll find that page with links and uh, there's a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where AJ's book and Garstein's book and all the past Guest Recommended Books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. i made it really easy. Incredible resource on the Cars Yeah website. right, Sean, we're up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. It could be a collector vintage race car, an old car anything you want doesn't matter money is no object here today at cars yeah
1: what would that car be and why i think i might need a coin to flip
0: okay Uh, well you know what you can do if you have two you can go ahead and tell me but you got to narrow it down to one
1: Sounds good. I would I would have to say a current generation GT 350R because there is so much of my blood, sweat, and tears, along with the unbelievably gifted team at SVT who made that car. That I just you know it that car is just a part of me. But I've had this undying love for the 2005 2006 Ford GT forever. Uh, you know, it's it it represented I think the best of what is ford motor company you know it it harkened back to the 60s and one of the most inspiring times at ford and the story of Lamar is just you know it's very famous everyone knows it but then they built it with the best components of the day and uh the car was so well received and it competed with the exotics at the time and it made all the right noises and had all the right looks so i think i would probably have to go with a white with blue stripe 05 uh ford gt
0: Oh, be still my heart. You know, yeah. And that's the color combination I would want for that car because I had a matchbox of that car that was that color combination and it just works. It just works. But as a regular listener here, I know you're a regular listener of the show and I'm greatly uh, appreciative of that. You know that Camilo Pardo was on the show just recently who uh, was on the team that designed that car. And I had the luxury of playing with the very first one that was released to a a private citizen by Ford when they first came out with that car. He's a local gentleman, John, who lives up in Seattle and I got to spend the whole day with that car shooting it for a catalogue and I remember just sitting in it and started it up and backed it out, just experiencing that thing and seeing the painting by Camilo up on the wall well, this was when did those come out oh five oh six so yeah. That was ten, eleven years ago, and here I am talking to a guy who's from Ford. Talked to Camilo who's from Ford. So, uh yeah, I'm. I'd be thrilled to get you one of those cars. That would be pretty darn special. And what's amazing is how those cars basically held their value all those years, and now they're getting up there. I mean, they're.
1: Oh yeah, they're not they're- cheap. No, they're definitely becoming a collector's item. That's for sure. I was, you know, quick side note. I was super lucky. I when my wife and I got married, she actually works at Ford as well. Uh, when we <laughs> when we got married in 2013, I told her the one thing that I'm I'm sure on is no limousine. Uh, we're not getting a limo. Yeah. We're all, you know, the and so we ended up having a for a modified. 05 gt is our bridal car nice and it was a 950 horsepower wheel horsepower <laughs> or gt with open long tube headers on it and uh the whole bridal party was driving souped up mustangs my race car oh my god! oh yeah what cool was that and being able to drive that gt with my wonderful bride in there and uh the noises that it made and then our wedding was at the, the henry ford museum oh my gosh so being able to back that 4GT up onto the ramp leading up to Lovett Hall, which is the, uh, banquet hall that Henry right. Ford. Ford built for his guests yeah. was just the coolest full circle moment. And to be able to share that with the love of my life, that was just so cool.
0: Oh, my gosh. You are a cool guy. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's just incredible. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was down in Los Angeles and I got to visit with a past guy, guest, Lance Stander, who mm-hmm. owns Superformance. And he let me drive one of their Ford GTs and out on the road, put my foot into it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's – I know they're different kind of cars, but Mm -hmm. still that 40 inches of passion that you crawl into. (laughs) Yeah, very, very nice. Well, Sean, you've taken us on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better and hearing about your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance for you? Rip off into the sunset in that Ford GT.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I pride myself on is that in the automotive industry, I came from the bottom. I started sweeping floors at a dealership because I needed to be near cars. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that has always served me well is you never, ever forget the working level team. So no no matter who you're working with, it doesn't matter if Etzel Ford comes up to you and says, I need to do you need to do this or we need that, you know, instead of trying to impress him or cater to him or whatever, take care of the people. people who really get the work done and never, ever forget. Like when we, when we launched the, uh, 2013 GT500. I work with the marketing guys. I'm always the guy who who knows everybody, so I bring everyone together. Uh-huh. And so uh I asked the marketing guys, I'm like everybody's really busted their rear end and I'd like to get them like, you know, some some mementos. So we got T- GT500 t-shirts made up or whatever. And the very first people that I went to go give them to was our mechanics in the SVT development garage oh, because yeah. like they all, you know, they always get forgotten when the trinkets give- get given out. And without them, we we'd be nowhere Right. You know, and then right. and then next was the, the working level engineers. And, and, and it was like one of those, if the chief engineer or the vice president doesn't get one, well, then so be it. I need to make sure that the people who really were in the trenches on this got it done. And that served me well in my career, because then when you come in the back and you've got some crazy request or some crazy deadline, they're willing to work with you. You know, yeah. they're, they're willing to bond as a team and get the job done no matter what it takes. Uh,
0: it's great advice. Really, really smart, important advice to remember everybody on the team because as we know, there's no I in team. So ever you need the team. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're doing these days?
1: Uh, the best way is definitely our Facebook which is uh, facebook.com stinger motorsport one word and then uh, or www.stingermotorsport.com and that's singular no s on the end a uh, little bit of a european influence there but uh, that's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and uh, we'll be we just got back from circuit of the americas uh, and we'll be heading to mid-ohio next and uh, so far we've uh, come out of the gate with a win in in my class and a, and a lap record wow my partner in stinger Chris Paiva. Uh, he is a vehicle dynamics engineer for Ford Performance. He is in a different class in time trial and he took second both days in his class. So it's been a successful start of the season.
0: Well, congratulations to you guys. No doubt you got a very bright future ahead of you. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything Sean has shared today again at the CarGeo yeah! website. Just type Sean. Remember, that's with a U, S H A U N. I always want to type it with a W. My fingers just don't go to that U. Last name is Day. Just uh, look him up on the CarGeo yeah! website. You'll find links to Stinger links to Ford, links to everything, the books, all the great resources he's recommended. Sean, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the CarJail listeners. Until you and I talk again, or we see you at the track, I'll see you down the road.
1: You know, Mark, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. As a longtime listener, it's super cool to be able to actually take part in the show.
0: Ah, uh, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. <laughs> garages built for discerning enthusiasts where it's not just a garage it's where your dream garage comes true
1: thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun